0: Hi, I'm Carly Zakin. And I'm Danielle Weisberg, and we're the co-founders of The Skim. Welcome to our podcast, Skimmed from the Couch, presented by Delta. On every episode, we invite smart, inspiring, successful women to talk openly about what it takes to get to the top and what it's like when you get there.
1: So this is a podcast about the real stuff, the crappy days, the bad advice, the first big career win, and the people who are there for the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. We started the skim from a couch, so we only have one rule on this couch, no BS. We're really excited to have smart, powerful women on this show.
0: Danielle, what are you doing? Sorry, I'm totally not paying attention. I am on my phone, but I am booking a flight on the Fly Delta app. It takes the stress out of travel so you can focus on what comes next. So we are here with our new show, The Couch. Leandra, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So we have our really simple rule. Mm -hmm. Um, What happens on the couch is no sugarcoating, no BS. Like,
2: let's actually It definitely does not stay on the couch. It's actually disseminated to like a wide audience. Yes, exactly. But you can ignore that. And let's just
1: pretend
0: that it's just (laughs) us talking.
2: Yes. So
1: first of all, many people might not realize Leandra is actually man repeller. So like... We all know what Man Repeller is. Leandra started Man Repeller in college in 2009.
2: Yes. You were a freshman? Just after 2010, 2010. 2010. I was a junior. I had junior. just come back from my semester abroad. Okay.
1: You start this site. It takes off a life of its own. Mm-hmm. You have an insane following. Everyone follows you on Instagram. Everyone reads you. We want Everyone has told the story of how you've risen and built this empire um, really in such a scrappy and amazing way. But what we do on the couch is we take a step back and we talk about the stuff that is maybe not always told about. We talk the about wrinkles that don't want to be learned. Yes, yes, we exactly. talk about the hard times, the real advice, the, the shitty advice that you've been given, um, and we talk about it over wine. So I'm going to pour our wine. Oh, fab. So let's start with an easy question that everyone
0: asks you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important to set it out. Like, How did you decide on Man Repeller as the name, and what does the term mean to you?
2: So I was with a friend of mine, and she had just taken a job at Women's Wear Daily, and I was complaining to her about the sad state of my love life because it really was a sad state. I, I had been dating like three guys at once, and I felt like such a baller. I was like, yeah. I am... <laughs> I'm th- like, I'm, that's not a sad state. No Jewish yeah. <laughs> girl has done this before. I'm seeing three different guys on three different nights of the week. And like, as I'm on my high horse and feeling so great about this, I'm very, very quickly brought back down to reality because I'm like, wait a second. One of these guys is my ex-boyfriend. He's known me for years. One of these guys moved to the United States like two months ago. We've been dating for two months <laughs> and I've been seeing one of these other guys for like a year and none of them have ever, ever mentioned wanting to possibly like, be with me long-term. I oh was <laughs> you know, so, like, am I actually seeing these guys or are they just you know, throwing me for a loop? Right, yeah. And I was, I was talking about this with my friend Rachel and we were at Top Shop, and I'm trying on all these clothes. And she's like, "Why are you so surprised that none of them want to formalize their relationships with you? You dress like a psychopath. You're like a legit man repeller." <laughs> and I was like, "That is such a funny name for a blog. Yeah, let's oh go God. with that. Let's start this blog." And she's like, mm, "I just got a job at Women's Wear. Like, yeah. you do it." <laughs> I was like, well, that's "Okay, a, yeah. <laughs> no, she. I mean, she's doing real well over there." But I went home that night. Wrote up a definition and just launched the blog. Now, did you always serve it to the internet? The way you dress. Yeah. Okay. I always, um, I've always had a very unique relationship with fashion because I never actually saw it as fashion. For me, it was always about identity and about mm-hmm. expressing myself. And it sounds funny for a writer to say that sometimes it's difficult for me to articulate things, but I it takes me a minute to like actually articulate what I'm feeling and I'm thinking. And my clothes do that for me much quicker. And I get very frustrated when yeah. I can't say what I mean.
0: That's interesting. So what is what was the definition of man repeller and has it changed at all over the years?
2: Yeah. When I launched man repeller, it was super, super literal. Uh, I think the definition, I, I probably still know it by heart. It was something like outfitting oneself in a sartorially offensive mode that will result in repelling members of the opposite sex. And then there were all different derivatives, and yeah. you know, Paris Fashion Week was one of them, and MC Hammer was <laughs> one of them, and celibacy was one. Um, and then probably about six or seven months in, I was like, Man Repeller can probably be bigger than just a collection of photos of outfits right. that yeah. are man repelling. Why don't we turn this into an attitude, a state of mind? It was out of the gates, very much about female empowerment during a time when Female empowerment wasn't so de riour. this is like before the era of girl boss. Yeah. Um, and my writing was always it was always veiled by a tinge of motivation. you know man repelling is a good thing. It's a process of elimination. It's not actually a way to repel men. don't take it so sure. literally. So
1: you were a junior in college when yes. this starts.
2: That's insane.
0: Like I thought we were young. I can't even imagine what it was like to do this when you well,
2: were well I
1: didn't know I was launching a business. Well so that's my question. So you graduate college. You, have you ever had a job other than Man Repeller as an adult? No, I've
2: only had internships. Okay,
1: so you graduate college.
2: Do you tell your parents, hey, I'm going to go do this full time? Well, I started monetizing while I was in school. Okay. So my plan was really to to ride the wave and continue monetizing, like just milk it for everything it was worth, develop a substantial enough cushion that when it, it was no longer interesting and people didn't care about Man Repeller anymore, I'd have some money so that I could... Basically it was an awesome right. side hustle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it didn't require that I find a job straight out of school, but I-, I thought that eventually I would have to. So you've been doing this for a long time. Yes. Are you surprised what it became? I am. I'm actually, I feel like I'm going through a little bit of an identity crisis with Man Repeller, because it's been seven years. Okay. and. In many ways, I feel like my voice has outgrown the voice of the site, Mm -hmm. and every time I write for Man Repeller, I feel like I'm trying to fit back into a box that I'm not supposed to be in. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like I I have to speak to this voice or this tone that's not really mine anymore, and it's been really strange and kind of challenging. Has your audience noticed it? Yeah. I took a couple of months off of writing, and um, I'm just starting to get back into it now. I I stopped writing in June. I didn't Mm -hmm. really write last month either. and just a couple of weeks ago, it started to really feel soul crushing. I was like, oh my God, I have to start writing again. You know, I just feel like a lot of pent up energy and frustration, but it's, it like, I think now is when things get the most challenging and strange for me. Do you think,
0: when you think about your skill set, do you consider yourself a writer first a business person first or a combination of the two?
2: You know what's funny? I think that before anything else, I'm kind of an entertainer. I shouldn't say kind of. I really, that's what comes easiest to me. That's what's most natural. And that's what resonates the best. And it took me a really long time to acknowledge and and recognize that. Do you think you're an entertainer through words or in person? Probably both. Because the way that I write is also really windy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I sort of like take people on a journey with me. But I I can't help it. I don't know how to be straightforward. That's that's really interesting, though. That's a great thing to
0: recognize,
2: right? Like, yeah, well, I I I've always known it, but I didn't want it to be true. Because (laughs) when I started Man Repeller, I was like, Oh, this is so cool. You know, like I I'm I'm actually monetizing this thing. Like I I have a smart strategic mind. I'm a businesswoman. Mm -hmm. Who knew? That's so fabulous. And I felt really excited about that because it never felt real or honest to me. I never had like dreams of becoming so a CEO. One of the
1: things that's fascinating to me, just observing what you built is like, you've been, you, you launched a fashion line, like a shoe line. You, um, you've been accepted in the fashion world. You, you are a leader, like for, for female millennials, you're a leader for women in fashion. You're a leader for women in business. I assume that didn't all happen overnight. So, mm-hmm. Who, who in the beginning, and I don't have to say names, but who in the beginning was like, you are not in the fashion world. Like these are repelling clothes or who in the beginning was like, you're not a businesswoman. Like what were the obstacles that you faced as this kind of took on a life of its own? I
2: I think I was the meanest to myself. No one tried. What were you mean to yourself about? about everything. I think I still am. No one tried to knock me down as hard as I, I knocked myself down accidentally. It's almost like I wanted to prove my negative thoughts right or something. Like you're a loser, you're not actually going to amount to anything, you're not you're not worth anything. So when you feel that way, do you still ever get that feeling? Yeah, all the time. How do you get through it? What do you do? Well, I've gotten much better about getting through it. It's still mostly self-soothing, which isn't actually Yeah. B- building a solution, but um in the past, I've frankly, like, either drank it off with coffee or wine. Right. <laughs> you know? It never right. thing, yeah. <laughs> We don't do that ever. <laughs> I
0: don't um, know what you're talking about. I think one thing that works for us was just going to our community, right? And just hearing yeah. their thoughts about it. Like, that's a strategy that we adopted early on that I think still really helps um, most
2: You days. know what's weird is that I'll, I'll, I will go to the Man Repeller comment section particularly on my own stories, or I'll get these incredible emails from women telling me how Man Repeller has impacted their lives. And for whatever reason, it doesn't feel like the emails or the comments are directed at me. You know, it's it's almost like I'm seeing them from an aerial view.
1: What are the type of comments that still get you? Meaning, like that still, like you're like, that hurt my feelings.
2: I don't really, my feelings don't really get hurt from comments anymore, but in the beginning, In the beginning, I'd get really frustrated when uh, people chalked up my success to privilege.
0: And that's only half of the story. There's a lot more to come. But first, we have a couple more things to share about our partner in the sky,
1: Delta. So... People that don't know us very well might not know that we both have a very big fear of flying. Yeah, we're not good at it. And we are both very protective of what we download onto our phone, other (laughs) than the Skim app. And we both uh, live by the Fly Delta
0: app. But we're really obsessed. Having the Delta app has actually made our lives so
1: much easier. You can check in. And you can track your bag if it's lost, which has happened to me many times on other airlines. So I'm very happy to have my bag tracker.
0: And we get boarding alerts so you're not just sitting at the gate, which is really helpful when we're looking at magazines.
1: Well, anyway, so
0: we really like Delta. We do. And And the app. It's been a lifesaver. One of the things that I think has been really interesting about your path is that you didn't take outside funding. No. No. So has that been something that you continue to think about? And how has that been? For us, it's it's like we don't know that path. We had to take yeah. funding when we started um, or else we couldn't have done it. I think it would have been different if we had had the foresight to start it in college um, like you did, which is amazing that you were able to to make money right away. But is that... A decision still, or is that something that you kind of put the company path on, and well, that's how it's So Man
2: Repeller was profitable from the beginning. At first, mostly because of talent-based stuff, I was doing like appearances and design collaborations. It, it was not operating as a media company at all. I would say that Man has been a media property for like four years. You know, um, the reason we never took on funding is because I watched as my friends went down the VC route. And it scared the hell out of me. There was such an important, there was such a value to Man Repeller remaining independent because I knew that I wanted to build a luxury brand of a generation and not just a machine that would generate intense amounts of traffic and not amount to anything 10 years from now, except for a really big dollar amount, yeah. which would still be great, you know? But Man Repeller has never been about the money for me.
1: If there is one thing that you got to do for Manor of Horror that you haven't gotten to do for it yet, and you only could do one, what would it be?
2: Oh, my gosh. If there's one thing, um, probably script a show. Like a proper show. Like a Netflix show, kind of? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I Hulu. Like. I feel like
0: Hulu's cool. Hulu's-
2: hey, Hulu. <laughs> really? Yeah.
0: Um, what's been the hardest thing for you to learn?
2: <sighs> definitely, definitely... Uh, related to business. I know that I have a strong strategic mind. I'm a great big picture thinker, but all of the super detail oriented stuff that really defines what makes a business successful is so profoundly difficult for me. Who do you go for help? I'm not a thorough thinker. Uh, Who do I go to for help? I get a lot of advice from my dad. My husband is super helpful because he is like a COO in his heart. Mm -hmm. Um, Some friends, like, Emily Weiss is yeah. really, really yeah. helpful. Very, yeah. I take a lot we, of advice from her. We've gone to her for advice, too. She's very good at that. Yes, totally. <laughs> uh, really, whoever's willing to give it. Yeah. What,
1: if there was one business skill set that you wish
2: that you had, what would it be? I'll tell you, ours is Excel. It's so I, 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 it's, I cannot use I, Excel. Yeah. I think I wish I was a more thorough thinker, that I could, like, play out different scenarios in my head before they were actually going to happen, multiple different scenarios for the same situation, and... Um, anticipate where I would want to be, what Man Repeller would be doing like five years from now. That stuff is really hard for me. What would Man
1: Repeller wear in the most stressful day? Like if we ever see you in the street and we see you wearing something, the guy should be like, oh no, she's having a bad day. Like what, what is the Man Repeller stress uniform?
2: Oh, it's probably like jeans and a t-shirt something so plain. <laughs> If you see me and I look invisible, you know that. Yeah, see
0: what I'm wearing. I know. Well, (laughs) I don't have jeans on. but that's the usual uniform. You look great. (laughs) What has been, what's like, how do you cope with stress? Like, what's been the worst day of Man Repeller history? And how do you, do you scream? Do you cry?
2: There's a lot of screaming and crying. Mm -hmm. I, at the I, same time yeah I, <laughs> yeah i have never been an anxious person the last five years have proven me so wrong mm-hmm. like yeah, I, I get terrible it. anxiety attacks i blame anxiety on my fertility issues um which i think one of those things you know you just brought it up
1: you've been very open with your community about mm-hmm. like a lot of things that are happening in your personal life and i think that's one of the things that like as i've gotten older like has kept me reading man repeller because i think it's been so great that you've shared that part of yourself with your mm-hmm. audience Walk us through like with the, how scary was that to reveal to the to pe- to strangers really that are part of your community?
2: I think when you're an extroverted person, it's really hard not to share i've I've always been extremely honest. I don't know how not mm-hmm. to share yeah it would probably be scarier if I didn't. Yeah, It, it really wasn't. So was, to, it, was it helpful to get that
0: out there? Like, did you feel better putting? I did,
2: I did. Yeah. You know, what's funny is that, there. I mean, there were so many incredible comments after I shared the details of my loss yeah. earlier this year. And so many women that sympathized had gone through something similar those comments killed me because all I wanted to hear in response was this happened to me and now I have 10 kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas most of the comments were like, I'm right there with you. I've been trying for 10 years. I just had a miscarriage or like I had a miscarriage five years I ago and I can never recover. how retire. many people I know that sent me that post. Just oh, really? like, and it's not something I'm going through
1: personally in my life right now, but like, that, um, that people it really just like it moved people and it was a really cool. beautifully written
0: book. I emailed you after that my little sister who reads you all the time actually sent it to me and I thought what was amazing is that she had sent it around her friends and it was something that at 20 years old they were talking about which I think wow. is so different yeah. than like this is something that I think you know the uh, conversation about struggles with fertility or miscarriages was something that like I didn't talk about with my friends. Like I think it's yeah. now just becoming something that I'm hearing about. And mm-hmm. it was really amazing and I think really brave to to hear you put that out there.
1: Yeah. So I want to switch gears. It is you're looking back, so it's been seven years that you launched it. Mm-hmm. So say three years from now, it'll be the 10 year anniversary. You look back at 21 year old Leandra, what do you tell her to do again and not to do?
2: Oh my God! I tell her not to give so much power to her doubts. I tell her not to give so much like credence to the negative thoughts. Because I'm such a firm believer that you are the sum of your thoughts, mm-hmm. and the the more you let yourself go down negative spirals, the more you let yourself be motivated by fear, the the closer you get to it, the the further you get away from the things you want. I've spent so much time, like troubleshooting or acting against what I don't want instead of actually actively thinking about what I do, you know, being in like nightmare state instead of dream state. When that happens at work, is there
1: anyone that snaps you out of it?
2: No, it's really frustrating. But I just learned that this is a habit of mine. So I'm glad I got an intern that's like the snap, snap me out of it intern. But I so I learned that this is a habit of mine too late. I mean, not too late, it's never too late, right. but it took me like seven years to learn it. Yeah. And so whenever I go down these spires, I, I like had a conversation with my husband and my president. And I was like, this is what I do. It's almost never true. Whenever I'm saying things like this, it's because I want to feel external validation. Don't give it to me. You know what I mean. <laughs> just ignore me yeah. and Secret let like me deal with it myself, <laughs> or yeah. maybe like a self therapist. Yeah. I don't know if I
1: can help other people, but but that's so. I mean, that's amazing that you can say that. I, I don't think most
2: people can yeah. say like
1: this is how to interact with me.
2: Um, well, I just real. It happened, yeah. I mean, something similar happened over the spring because my sister in law had just given birth and her baby was due on the same day that mine was due and. I think this was, like, the worst day in Man Repeller history because we had also just lost, like, a huge campaign for Q2 and and that this was, like, a campaign that was going to make it a successful Q2 for us and keep us on track to hit our goal for the year. And I I was just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, I'm not having a child. Things with Man Repeller are are going down the drain. One lost campaign. And I was like, it's over. We're done. I got to shut the lights. Firing everyone ridiculous. But, um, my husband was supposed to go go golfing that morning and I was, I was having like a real anxiety attack. And he was like, I'm not going, I'm canceling the game. And I was like, I need you to leave because I need to get through this by myself. You have to, if you want to help me, you need to leave right now. And it was the first time that I'd articulated something like that to him. Usually he Mm -hmm. would just cancel and stay with me. And he left and I sat on the ground. I like breathed very heavily for 20 seconds. I didn't meditate, but kept my eyes closed And just started saying like, it's gonna be fine. It's one day, this is one day. You just have to get through this Mm -hmm. day. All you gotta do is get to tonight. And literally within 20 minutes, I was fine. And I was like,
1: oh, no, I I mean, I think everyone has those moments of like true anxiety, like whatever sparks it. And when something happens at work, like a campaign, like something like that, you're like, I can't take any more. Like this is it. It's the catalyst. And then I think that's the thing about owning your own business is like there's going to be that fire and then there's going to be another fire and another personal Mm -hmm. fire. And like Mm -hmm. and it's like you're a constant firefighter. Um, So I love that you were
2: able to kind of breathe yourself out of it. (laughs) I I think the thing that I learned that's been really hard is because I got married so young, I was 23. I didn't realize that I was gonna still have to grow on my own. Like I totally thought that my husband can do the growing for me. And it's the same with my business. I launched really young and I I started hiring a team, built out the executive team, and I was like, well, these people can grow for me too. And I was like, um, you to do it. During yeah. that day of of rock bottom, both social and professional, I was like, "Oh, this is still my battle to fight. Yeah. It's never not going to be my growth." Got it. Wow.
0: Well, we look Cheers forward to, to seeing you grow.
2: Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Me too. Like hopefully in the belly. Being good. Yes.
0: <laughs> Cheers. Thanks for hanging out with us on Skim from the Couch. And we'd love to hear from you. We're actually serious about that. We're big on feedback around here. We're so serious that if you do it, you could win 250 bucks. So go to theskim.com slash talk to tell us what you really think.